Hey listeners, welcome to Death Walks With Us first mini-episode. I wanted to start doing these short mini-episodes. Um, there is no case here, so if you want to skip this, you won't miss much. I'm thinking about doing a short mini-episode each week to go over the previous episode to discuss anything I may have missed or anything else that comes up in discussions. I want each episode to mostly be about studying the case, limiting everything else to only a few minutes. I had wanted to start each episode off with some true crime news, but think that may be too much for each episode, so I will do the true crime news within these short mini-episodes. This being the first mini-episode, it will be super short. For the true crime news, I will discuss this week how I've been following the Alex Murdoff case. And there was a crazy turn a few days ago, one that I saw coming a while back, but finally it was announced he was arrested for the murder of his wife and son. So much death and destruction by that man and his offspring. There's a series on Discovery Plus about this case that dives deep into this man and his offspring's criminal activity. I highly recommend it. Some deaths can be tied to his offspring, but they are not able to prove they caused these people's deaths. I believe there are three deaths where there is speculation as to their involvement. Wait, two deaths with speculation and one that a son had been charged with and had to go to court over. But Alex Mordoff was trying to get the blame placed on someone else that was on the boat. I think that was uh, his son's cousin. Alex's son was murdered just days before he was finally going to go to court for the boating death of Mallory Beach. By accounts of the others on the boat, he had recklessly floored it in the dark and they crashed, causing Mallory's death. He was highly under the influence of alcohol. This case just shows how some elite think they are but the law, though technically the law was designed to favor the elite and protect their property, but I don't want to go too far into that here, but I will in upcoming episodes if it is relevant to those cases. I've gotten some feedback and I'm sorry for talking fast. I will try to adjust my speed. If I had a co-host that would probably regulate my speed, but sometimes I think when there is more than one host, they, after a while, talk too much about things unrelated to the case, and I find myself skipping ahead. I don't want to do that, though I may have a co-host or two on some cases. We will see how that goes. About my last episode, besides the issue with me talking way too fast, I have heard it was extremely good, especially about putting it into historical context, but I did miss one major difference in gender norms for middle-class white women, and that is the regional differences. Northern and Southern white middle-class women had different expectations on what gender roles were, what was expected of a lady. I talked about how women could not enter the public sphere, but Northern middle-class women could enter the public sphere, but only under social welfare reform. Women helped develop the idea that social reform was part of the private sphere, women's domain. Social welfare fell under women's expertise. These were issues that involved the home, like children's welfare, um, taking care of widowed women and their families, anything that could be linked to the home. 
like the temperance movement, became huge for women activists because drunk men destroyed their families. So northern white middle class women could stay single and work as reformers. Many of them had what they called Boston marriages. This is a code term. These women were able to set up homes with other middle class women reformers or were allowed to spend extensive amount of time traveling with other middle class women and share hotel rooms. So if Alice and Frida were in the North, they may have been able to lead lives together as reformers. But we don't know if the regional difference would have made any difference in this case. I had studied this case while in college, so I already had my research done. After I recorded, I looked up some information on the book on Amazon, and I saw that there is a possibility that Alice and Frida Forever will be turned into a movie from Amazon. The director was supposed to be the same director of Babadook, the Jennifer Kent. I guess now is where I encourage reviews and to follow my podcast and also to share it on social media. I have a Twitter account, Death Walks With Us. I have started a TikTok, but I haven't used it yet. I have a Facebook group that I will start to open discussions about the newest case where I would love to hear constructive criticism. If something I said angers you, please explain why so that I will listen to you and take what you say into consideration. Uh, this Facebook group is open to the public. Anyone can like and join. This was my first mini episode, so it was super short. But if you would rather me keep them combined, let me know. And that is everything for this episode. My upcoming episode is about a murder in the Amish community by an Amish member of that community. And I hope you enjoy it. Well, not in the sense you get enjoyment out of someone's murder, but that you enjoy it as it helps you better understand their community and how that impacted the murder. Thank you for choosing this true crime podcast, Death Walks With Us. Thank you and goodbye.